How much of Friday was kind of like Groundhog Day for you with what you've been seeing recently with this team? Yeah, and, and I don't think it really caught anybody by surprise either. And that's the problem is when you when they've played these upper echelon teams, I'm talking the elite teams in the West and the East, you know, I think the record's 2-14 and 14 against the teams that are 600 or better winning percentage. Um, that's not good. And, you know, you can make your different excuses, but at the end of the day, they've played some of those teams when those teams weren't whole either. And so, you know, that's the concerning part is, I think they have a really good team. They have stars on the team, but they're losing to teams with superstars. And I don't know how that's going to change as this rest of the season moves on. That's the problem. Yeah, and there was so much feel good about this team, you know, through the first three, four months of the season. Um, and despite that overall sense, you know, to what degree have you lost some faith in this team? And despite the crutch of injuries that they – still can lean on if they want to know Billy's not doing that, but how much faith have you kind of lost in this team in terms of uh, its hopes for a deep playoff run? Right. Well, I was kind of calling it fool's gold early on in the season, which mm -hmm. Bulls, Bulls fans might not have appreciated, but uh, you know, this league still is what it is. And, you know, like I just said, it's a superstar league. And while some of these teams, whether it was Brooklyn or, Philadelphia, because obviously those they had unresolved things that, that worked out at the trade deadline. You just didn't see what these monsters were going to become. So I think the Bulls were fortunate in, A, they beat the teams they were supposed to beat, which is, which is number one on your list. You always have to do that. B, I think they caught some teams that really weren't that worried about the regular season while this Bulls team was. I mean, you had some guys that came into this year with chips on their shoulder. So even though they weren't whole – guys like DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and even Vooch and, and, and uh, Alex Caruso, they were playing with the chip on their shoulder. So the regular season was fueled a little more for them than it was other teams. So I was cautioning people that this was kind of fool's gold. Um, now, look, can things change? Can a couple injuries change the whole look of the Eastern conference? Absolutely. Does, does injuries and, and guys getting better for the bulls, does that make them a better team? Absolutely but you still are the haves and the have nots. You still don't have that elite game finisher. And DeMar has been great, but DeMar's not elite. He's a, he's a star. He's an all-star. He's just not elite. So, you know, my, as far as my hope, I was always expecting that they'd get out of the first round and get to that second round. But now I'm looking at, I'm saying, well, you, you know, styles make the fight. You better have to, you, you better make sure that you get the right team in that first round. Because if you get a Boston or you get a Brooklyn team that finally has a couple weeks of playing together and Durant's healthy, you might be a first-round exit. As great as the season's gone, you might be leaving in the first round. And Billy has said all the right things all along. Absolutely. In terms of what needs to be done. And how, how much of a challenge has that been, too, between managing the schedule and managing some of the physical ailments that some of his guys have had in order to fix what's been wrong with this team. I think he's been great as far as not only falling back on those excuses that a lot of Bulls fans have been falling on with the injuries, because he knows, you know, Caruso may come back, Patrick Williams may come back, and Lonzo Ball may come back, but they might not be 100%. It might take them a couple of weeks to get in a rhythm. I mean, Patrick Williams, when you think about it, when he comes and plays, if he could get two weeks of regular season in, that's basically he got a preseason. That's his preseason. And then you're dropping him right in the playoffs. And that's a guy that's, you know, going to carry you, uh, you know, into an Eastern Conference championship game. That's just asking a lot. What I like what Billy's done is he's a no excuse guy. 
he's looked for different ways to solve issues, whether it's let this guy play here, let this guy play here. He's not, he doesn't fall too much in love with what he did a week earlier. He'll, he'll change. He'll make adjustments. There's some coaches that it's my way. This will work or I'll make it work. I'll beat that square peg into the round hole. And he's not like that. He's like, this isn't working. I mean, we're watching that right now with the, the bruise, the bruise brothers experiment he's doing with, with Tristan Thompson and, and Vooch, you know, it didn't look good the last game. They haven't had a lot of practice time with it, but it looked clunky. It didn't look like it was working. I think he still wants to try it. There's certain teams that it might work better against Cleveland. That's got three, seven footers that they start. So I like the fact that he doesn't fall in love with his own X's and O's, his own ideas, and is willing to change things on the fly by what he sees in front of him. So I, I, I think he's done a great job this year. He should definitely be, you know, he's not coach of the year, but he could definitely be in that argument and get some votes. Is it almost tough to believe some of the, I, you alluded to it earlier about, you know, the way these teams were playing, who they had available, but is it almost tough to believe some of the defensive metrics and the difference in them now between when just two other guys who have been injured, yeah, know, like back then. Right. And Chris, that's a great point. And that's the disappointment is, you know, Caruso and Ball are great defenders. And it was almost like when they were playing, they lifted the group. I mean, Zach was playing the best defense he's ever played. You know, it started in the summer with Team USA, but he carried that over. DeMar was playing good defense. I think Vooch is actually playing better defense now than he was back then. But all those guys were feeding off those two guys. Now, you take those two out of the equation, you still had Vooch, who was a former All-Star, and Zach and, and DeMar, who are current All-Stars, it shouldn't drop like it has. I'm sorry, but you're still all-star players. You're still NBA players. And that's why the other day I asked Zach, you know, I said, Hey, you know, we were in Miami and I was like, just watching you on film. It just doesn't look like you're digging in on defense. Like you were earlier in the year. And it looks like you are trying to protect that knee. And Zach's never going to use an injury as excuse, but you could tell that's when he said, look, I'm 80%. And then he dropped it to 70%. So, you know, he's saying without saying there are things that I can't do or I can't lean on that I did earlier in the year because of the knee. So I think there's been some slippage there with him. Um, but, the, you know, I, again, like, and Billy said it perfectly, you just don't add Caruso and ball and then all your problems are fixed on defense. It shouldn't come down to that. If you're a true contending team, it shouldn't come down to those two are gone. So we just can't play defense as a group anymore. People always refer to, you know, or sometimes refer to offense as kind of a symphony, but defense is the same way. And, and without those two guys, have, have you noticed any area in particular when those breakdowns have occurred in crunch time where things have broken down? Well, the biggest, the biggest problem is that their, their, their best offense is that playground, get out and run because they have guys that can throw alley-oops and guys that can go up and get it. They're as athletic as any team in the East when, when they're fully healthy. But the defense set that all up. There's be, the turnovers, deflections, just the, the grimy, just kind of nastiness of, of messing with your possession. That's what set up a lot of their offense when they're at their best. And once they kind of feed off of that, then you saw that monster that we saw the first two, two and a half months of the season. Um, so when they have to take the ball out of the basket and it becomes a half-court set, and DeMar's mid-range isn't hitting or is off a little bit, that offense gets stagnant. I mean, right now, Zach Levine is basically a three-point shooter. You know, he'll drive still every so often, but he's settling for the three. And, again, I think that gets back to the knee as far as the stability he feels, 
the, the explosiveness he feels. And there's a couple games the last week where he's looked explosive. And then a couple games where he hasn't. So that's just going to be his reality rest of the year. So I think the biggest problem with the, with the offense is that defense is that not getting the turnovers, not getting the ball out in transition, not doing what they love to do best. Cause they kind of, that's where that defense kind of feasted off of. You wrote before the game on Friday about a, a response and a statement needing to be made <laughs> heading into the game against Milwaukee and Grayson Allen after what happened up there with Alice Caruso uh, did what Derek Jones jr. Uh, uh, did to Allen and the, and the timing of it. Was that satisfactory in your mind? I mean, to me, that was the second option. There was an earlier option. Io could have got him on that breakaway dunk and got him good. He's a rookie, but you know what? You know how you get embraced by your teammates as a rookie? You go up and you take someone out. And look, I know the game. You, you, you and I both watched the game in the 80s and 90s. It's not that anymore. But at the same time, this dude affected your season in such a way that it could cost you big time of what your dreams were then and what your realities are now. And to me, you know, Tristan said the right things. DeMar said the right things that they were pissed and it was in the back of their minds. And the problem with this current bulls group is getting a reputation of being soft, not just because they're not the most physical team, but because of what just happened Friday night, you had a chance when he went up for that dunk to really clean him up and and then after the game, he's like, you know, I mean, look, this dude played the Duke Carolina games. So just booing him doesn't he, – he loves that. That, that, that that's, his, that's his wheelhouse. The fans just booing him wasn't going to do anything. But, you know, Derek Jones got him. You know, I think Derek Jones probably did it on purpose but said the right things after to try avoiding the, the, the fine. But to me, it was, uh, it was a little unfulfilling because there was a chance to really get him and really send a message to the Bucs or – even take it a step further, not get him, but get the freak, get their best player and see how they like it. So, um, you know, I like what Derek Jones did, but again, I don't think it shook their reputation of, Hey, this is a team you could play physical against. And now this team couldn't even carry out a code red, like it should have been carried out. Uh, starting Monday against Philadelphia, nine of these last 18 games are against teams right there in the mix uh, right. in Eastern conference. Um, what's your level of confidence that they can step it up a little bit granted they'll eventually get a couple of these uh, key guys back but uh what's your level of confidence that they can uh find a way to finish strong and kind of change the narrative of the way we're thinking now with what we've seen recently well monday if philly's got everybody monday's narrative ain't going to change that game's a wrap already for just to get <laughs> it it's a bad matchup any way you look at it um unless the team bus doesn't make it to the arena for philly the bulls are in trouble after that, you got to beat the Clevelands. You got to beat the Torontos. You have to show up against my, you got one more game against Miami. You got to show up against them. You have two more against the Bucs. You got to show up against them. They've played the Bucs well this year, but at the end of the day, it's been, you know, a little bit too short. So um, those teams that are in that second tier, whether it's your, your Clevelands, your Torontos, teams like that, you got to show up against them. You got to send messages. You're going to go out West in a couple of weeks and have, you know, Sacramento, Utah, Phoenix, you got to show up in those games. Um, and, and, and knowing that guys will be coming back and that you're right there, there can't be this up and down, up and down, up and down, especially on the defensive end. There's no excuse that three all-stars or slash former all-stars can't play better defense. So um, Monday, I don't have a lot of good feelings for after that, you know, you got your Cleveland, you got your teams like Detroit that you got to take care of business. 
you know, if you're the Bulls, you don't want to be, you don't want to have Boston in that first round, the way Boston's playing. So you kind of have to, the last couple of weeks of the season, start looking at positioning. You know, ideally we'd like Charlotte. Ideally we we're not afraid of Cleveland because they're so young. So you have to start jockeying for that. I think if you want to try getting to that second round. 